Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Good to have you here. I'm joined today by Scott Reevely, pastor at New Life Church. Hi, Scott. Well, hey, Mark. Thanks for letting me talk about these things. Um, the other day you were telling me about um, some things that you remembered when you were a kid made me feel like I didn't have any religious background at all. Like I was some sort of a slacker, and uh, uh, what? Tell tell us all that story if you would. Yeah, yeah. So one of my earliest memories about church is riding in the back seat of the car with my two younger brothers on our way to church, and on the way we would pass several other churches, uh, and I always wondered, do the people at those churches? believe that they are the only right church? Do they believe that they are the only ones who are going to go to heaven? And, and if they do, how do I know if they're right or if we're right? Well, that's a good question, and that's what made me think I was slacker because I grew up in church too and never occurred to me to ask that question. Right, right. Well, it, it probably is because you weren't raised and told from a child that you were attending the only right church and that everyone else was considered the world. Everyone outside of our congregation was considered the world. Even so, in those other churches? Yeah. It oh, didn't okay. matter church-going or non-church-going. It, uh, it was us and them. It was probably a little more complicated for me, yeah. which is probably why I couldn't figure it out either. So, <laughs> Right. So... I finally got the nerve up to ask my mom this question one okay. time uh, when I was pretty young, and it was easy for me to see what made us different, but I wanted to know why we did those things. So my, my mom got really nervous when I asked her. I remember that, and I just remember that she reminded me, we are the only right church. We are the only ones who go by the whole Bible. And so, like I said, there were things that were obvious that we did that others didn't do. We greeted with a holy kiss. We didn't go to doctors, and we didn't associate with people. Uh, I should say we didn't socialize with people okay. outside of our church. Um, so now, now that's, in, that's interesting to me because uh, the answer, that we're the only ones that went by the whole Bible. That is an answer that I would have gotten had I asked my mom an uh, important question. Right. She just said, oh, yeah, we go by the whole Bible. Yeah. But we didn't do any of those things you listed, which is very interesting, isn't it? It is. Hmm. It is. Yeah. So I, I remember um, asking why. Why don't we go to the doctor? And uh, the answer was it was out of James. Uh, they if, if there are any sick among you to call on the elders of the church. And so they took that as, they taught that as being literal, and that's all you do, you, that going to a physician 
would have been going against the teaching of the Bible there. Okay, that's, so, that is interesting. Yeah. Because it doesn't say, call the elders and don't go. It right. doesn't say that. Right. But um, anyway, and, interesting. And Jesus even uses um, the analogy at one point that it's, it's not the healthy who need a physician, but the sick. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's, it seems odd that he would use that if you weren't allowed to go to a physician at all. But um, anyway, uh, greeting with a holy kiss was another one that made us different. And when I asked why we did that, it was simply because Paul writes that at the end of a few of his mm-hmm. epistles. Um, doesn't write it at the end of all of them, but he writes it at the end of some. So that was, that was, uh, was those two things really that, that I knew the actions separated us, but I didn't know really why when I was a kid. And you really never got the answer to why, except that the Bible, the whole Bible teaches it. Right, right. Interesting. And then I, you know, would also get the impression from my mom uh, that I was doing something wrong by asking these questions, that I was somehow lacking the faith that I needed. Um, and she, she explained to me one time that she was worried about me uh, because I was too smart and I was looking for too many answers, and she wanted me to know that faith and logic don't mix. Wow. Yeah, and... Um, I've had some recent conversation with her where I tried to explain to her that faith and logic actually mix they're very friends. well. Yeah, yeah, they're friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, but, um, yeah, she. this was something that, that I struggled with for a long time after that with my understanding of faith, which we probably can't get into right now, but um, I felt like faith was something that I just needed to muster up and mm-hmm. build like a muscle kind of, and I just needed a lot to of come up th- with more. A lot of people yeah. think that. Yeah. So yeah. no, that is worth talking about at some point. Yeah. 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 Seems like the other thing, another thing would be really interesting to talk about would be really how you go about understanding the Bible because it, it really, those things are in there. I mean, yeah. the Holy Kiss is in there yep. and going and uh, praying for asking the elders to come pray is in there and how you understand those things is that seems to me to be the maybe the, the sticking point or the the pivot point here that made your one right church different from the one that I never thought about being right or wrong. Right. Yeah. Right. So there was a there was a problem with this for me too. Is if it was the fact that we didn't go to doctors was what made us the one right church. You know that that we did that. Um, when I was young, I remember hearing stories about people, families coming into the church, and that when they were deciding, some of them just didn't have enough faith. They couldn't give up their doctors and their medicine, so they couldn't join the church. And so it started out really um, a hard line drawn there. And then in my lifetime, I've seen that evolve into... Men will go if they get hurt on the job. Uh, people will go to collect disability. Um, they will use the, they will use the doctors and medicine. We dentists, eye doctors, all of that is okay, and perfectly acceptable. But 
doctors still for surgeries and things like that are are, are pretty rare, but they're be- they've become much more acceptable over time. So interesting. It's it's interesting that it would change over time if it's right at one yeah. time and becomes uh, different. Then is it less right or more right? Which is kind of interesting, right? And I still think there are people there that draw harder lines than others. It's um, there's a lot of division in the church. There's not a lot. Uh, that people agree on there anymore. Really the only doctrine or tradition that I would say that is kind of generally agreed on there is that you can't leave there, that you you have to attend church there. That is the one right way, they, is what they would say. So there, there's lots of variety outside of that, but you've got to go to church. Yes. Yeah, even on the most fundamental doctrines, baptism, uh, going to the doctor, any, anything like that, there's, there's variation all over the place and disagreement, but you have to go to that church. Okay, so you, you I mean, if you stick with that, it's kind of the center, you have to go to church. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you have to go to that church? I mean, I, I mean, I'm a pastor, you already mentioned that, I don't advocate people skipping church. Right. But why why is church attendance or going to church so important? Yeah, yeah the uh, the traditions and um, attending the church functions is is very important. And um, well, we talked about the people who are disagreeing. There are people that see all kinds of problems that still attend followers, but the reason they can't leave is because they will say, this is the last place that we know of where there was a true called man of God. Okay. As, as the, the preacher there. So So they had to, because there is that history, because there is that one man of God, that's the thing that m- makes it, you have to go there? Yeah, because, again, kind of back to the, we're the only right church, they... The belief is, and, and what I was told, is that everyone outside of that building, e- even pastors at other churches, were just trying to deceive you. They were deceived themselves, and they were just trying to deceive people. Um, they're just kind of in it for the money, was some of the accusation. And uh, But but they did not have Well, you've have never told me this before. Now you just bring it on me like you're deceptive and in it for the money. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So it's fine then. Yeah. Keep going, Mark. Well, it's, so yeah, so it's um, deceptive. I remember here, if if anyone had gone to school, if you'd gone to seminary to get your education on the Bible, then you, that's just, you're disqualified as far as followers are concerned. Their, their preachers are supernaturally called. There's a, a vision or a voice from heaven, or I heard one that was a, a vision of a hand with an open Bible on it mm-hmm. and a voice saying, go preach the word. And so if uh, you say, okay, I'll go preach the word, but you train yourself to do that or get trained to do that, that is too much, or that's that takes it out of the realm of the supernatural. Is that maybe it? I think so. I think the, I think the dependence is... 
in their mind, if you go to be taught by man, it's kind of like going to the doctor, right? You, they're looking for supernatural healing rather than healing by the wisdom of men. They would say the same thing about oh, teaching the Bible, that it, it, they want to be taught directly from the Spirit rather than being taught by any man. Okay. Well, that would be something interesting to talk about at a future yeah. day, too, because that, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a few thoughts about that, of course, but yeah. um, interesting. Yeah. So the other thing probably to mention that really is a problem in both of these areas is that, um, like the Bible says in James, we, we don't go to the doctor because we call on the elders of the church. Mm-hmm. Well, there haven't been any elders of the church since 1986. So, so they literally can't call on the elders, call on the elders well, of the church. That seems problematic to me. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is the they haven't had a called man of God. A, you know, the last preacher died in 1969, five years before I was born. And so what does that mean then for the, the teaching or whatever, like you were saying, they, only somebody who's a called man of God can teach? Yeah. What does that mean then? Yeah, that they're, so the, the preacher... Is the one who has the only one who has the authority to baptize, to ordain elders, uh, and then the preacher and the elders can teach from the pulpit. But the last elder died in 1986, so there has been no Bible teaching from the pulpit since 1986. Wow. Okay, yeah. then what do you do there at church? Yeah, the the services now are. Uh, singing hymns and uh, a little bit of silent prayer, and that's it. It's, it's a lot of socializing then after that and fellowship, mm-hmm. and um, but that's it as far as a church service. Just hymns and some silent prayer and yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's and the the hymns are something that that became really valuable and important to me. Um, I, I said I spent 45 years of my life there. I was 42 years old when I came to faith in Jesus. And okay. I'll tell that story at some point on mm-hmm. this podcast. But um, So I was there for three years after coming to faith, and I was singing these same hymns that I had sung before, but they were completely new. Uh, reading the Bible, it, it was completely new. Um, but these songs, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how we could read, could sing these songs that seemed to be 180 degrees different from the way we lived and what we said. Oh, okay. Like, um, can but can I just stop yeah. you right there? I mean, yeah. Because you had said that they're looking for this supernatural mm-hmm. guidance by the Spirit, supernatural intervention from the spirit and then you said I came to faith in Jesus and you actually got that supernatural intervention from the spirit and saw the hymns in a new way saw the bible in a new way your eyes were opened where they were closed before yeah. that seems to be kind of what people were looking for right okay, right well, that's cool that uh yes it, it is what uh well, I, I wasn't even looking for it when I when it found me but mm-hmm. I um I would not I agree that I did receive a supernatural, yeah. that, that was a supernatural event that happened, but 
but that wouldn't be as accepted as the authority to preach the word there. Right, but or, it would be it, the it, supernatural experience yeah, that yeah. people were hoping for, and yeah, yeah. I'll look forward to hearing that uh, at another yeah. future time. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, so one of the, the hymns, I, I'd like to just bring up a hymn in each yeah, episode, and uh, the hymn I'd like to talk about today is uh, we would sing, Whosoever Will May Come. And so we had, a, we had a church that was the only right church. And since the preacher was the only one who could baptize, and he hasn't been in, around since 1969, no one new has joined the followers since 1969. They're, you're only born into it. So they, you would sing, whosoever will may come, but whosoever will could not come. Yeah. is what you're telling me. Right, okay. right. And what I realized is, well, just, I won't sing it, but I will read verse 1. just says, Whosoever heareth, shout, shout the sound, spread the blessed tidings all the world around. Tell the joyful news wherever man is found, whosoever will may come. So we would sing that, and then we wouldn't, we wouldn't go do that. We, I, I never did this when I was at Followers. I, for one thing, the, the blessed tidings and the joyful news that they're talking about is the gospel. It's, mm-hmm. it's the story of Jesus, that he came from heaven and lived the life of, of a man without sin, paid the debt that we could not pay, and reconciled us to God. And died on a cross and was born again to new life so that we could have life. And that news was not something that we were telling. I didn't even know that. I I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know him. I didn't know what the cross accomplished. I, I only knew what the traditions were of the one right church. Wow. So there were there were two things in that first verse. One is mm-hmm. blessed tidings are things you didn't really even know. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't go all the world around. In fact, no. you kind of kept it a secret because no one else wouldn't do any good to say yeah. it around because people couldn't come in. Yeah, so wow. I could see okay. this thing where um, it, it appeared that the songs we sing in the Bible was saying that the church is growing. And what I was seeing in the history of the followers is that it was shrinking down to one location. It was people were being gathered in from other areas to come to Oregon City to join the church there because that's where the preacher was. Okay. And, um, my, my mom's family came from California, went to Idaho because they had heard one of the preachers. But then after a church split in Idaho... They moved to Oregon City to follow Walter, who okay. was the last preacher there. And then my dad's family came up from California as well, but they came directly to Oregon City because Walter had a dream that they needed to join the group mm. in Oregon City. So my experience is that the church has been shrinking into one location, but we would sing songs like this where it's saying, take the joyful, spread it the whole take, world around. Let everybody know. Yeah, let everybody know. Hmm. 
But, but, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to stop and say, though, I think that that's quite, um, what do I want to say, commendable and respectable that somebody would relocate their family because they wanted to, you know, they wanted the truth. They wanted to believe in the one right thing, which, I mean, that really is uh, admirable in my book. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of people who could hardly care less about things and hear your both branches of your family relocated because they uh, they wanted to get it right. Yeah. And so that that I do respect and think that's really you know pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No. There. And I I do I do remember kind of a different attitude from uh, older people in the family and more more humility, more appreciation, mm-hmm. and they were just really grateful to have found what they found. Um, but that I'll just say for me that that was that was gone by my generation. I, I was left with um, entitlement and arrogance and self righteousness, mm-hmm. and um, you know I was just I was just born in the right place. I was the okay won the spiritual lottery. You might say, you know is kind of what okay. the way I felt about it as a kid. But um, yeah, it's. But these these questions just kept just kept coming up, and so what I when I realized that um, when I come to faith and realized I'm not at the one right church, um, mm-hmm. that, that this that be- became pretty clear to me pretty quickly, and so I wanted to I wanted to know what the Bible said about one right church. Is there is there one right church? And everything that I could see in there, I mean, Paul was writing to churches all over the place, and I couldn't read anywhere where he was telling any of them to go join the, the brethren in Corinth. If you're in, you know, he, he's just writing to Ephesus and Galatia and all these places, and he's not gathering them into one place. They're spreading the gospel and starting churches everywhere and... So you're suggesting that the the uniform witness of the Bible is that there's multiple churches in multiple cities that are, um, in, in essence, getting it right because the Bible's being written to them. Yeah, that, is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah. The yes. The the message. I mean, Jesus says to go and make disciples, and it, it's this. Um, he talks about it starting in Jerusalem and going to. Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. And it's just a totally different idea than gathering all okay. in one location. And I was just seeing a big difference there. Um, well, it is a big difference. Yeah. I mean, just going to yeah. say, it's yeah. uh, all the way different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, so that's fair yeah. enough. Well, and then you, you also see in, like in chapter 7 of Revelation, where it talks about just uh, a huge number of people. It, it starts talking about 144,000 from the tribes, and then after naming that number, it talks about, and then a, a multitude that no one could count that was coming in after that, and and saying that it was from every nation and every tribe and every tongue. And so I just, after coming to faith, realized that that, that can't happen through one right church, through one right 
building or one right location. It's you're not going to get every tribe, language, and nation in Oregon City. Right. Yeah, you right. you might get some, but yeah. you probably didn't get very many, given what you've said about it and the sort of the history with Walter and then no yeah. leaders. You did, and nobody could join. If nobody right. can join. You're not going to get right. every nation, tribe, and tongue. Right. If they can't join, because the it, that's not genetics goes kind of the other way. Yeah. You know, really. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. No, I think it it became clear to me, and I'm grateful for it that that it doesn't happen through one right church. It happens through one right way. That through through Jesus, He says, "I I am the truth and the way and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Me." And then we read in Acts four twelve that there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So it's not about attending the right church or being part of the right congregation. It's about having your faith in the right person. It's about uh, being rightly related to Jesus, yes. not rightly related to a church. Right. You could be in any, not any number, but several different, uh, I mean, several different churches will get you rightly related to Jesus. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. So if we have that, um, that we talked about earlier, that joyful news, that the gospel of Jesus, and, and we see that the only way is through him, to think that you're the only right church, there has to be something in addition to that to set you apart. You have to be adding something to the good news of the gospel that makes makes it to where everyone else who says they believe that is still the world and you have something right. And I never could figure out what it was that we had right. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't, to be okay. honest. Well, that, okay, that just kind of clicked for me when you said it that way, that um, if it's about being related to Jesus and you can get that at one church, you might get it at a different church, might get it at a third church. If you're the only right one, then you have to have something that sets you apart from those other three mm -hmm. that is, 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 isn't that message because that message is common. It has to be something in addition. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. Okay, that, that actually made sense when you said that. Okay. Well, and I'm, and I'm speaking of this from my experience at followers. Followers is not the only ones who oh, have definitely. something that sets them apart and makes them the only right way. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. there, are, there are others, but um, it, it just, when I read in Galatians where Paul is talking about um, them being bewitched, and it is by, it is because they've done just that. They've added something to the gospel. They, they've said, yes, you have to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, but you also need to do this. And, right? yeah. yeah, and... Jesus and... And, yeah. and, and traditions of men is one of the mm -hmm. things that they mm -hmm. add. And yeah. genealogy, being born in the right family. Yeah. Those are things that they add in, in Galatians and in Colossians and other places. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and when I think when I found out... So I'd have an... I'd have discussions with, with my mom and my dad, and my dad came to faith late in his life, and 
I remember specifically my brother telling me a story about going out to mom and dad's house and having a conversation with them when he was going to leave followers. He left about a year before I did. Okay. And he was explaining to them what he believed, and, and he was explaining the gospel. And at the end of it, uh, my dad said, I believe everything that you just said. And my mom said, I don't believe anything you just said. It can't be that easy. Oh, and, and she's told me that before, too, that, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus died. He paid the debt for our sins. They're, they're gone. And we received his righteousness. When, when God sees us, he's going to see Jesus. Mm. And she said, I just think there ha- has to be more to it than that. And I, and I said, well, well then where, where is your hope then? Where mm-hmm. is your hope for salvation? And she said, I'm just going to do the best that I can every day and hope that God has mercy on me in the end. Wow. I said, I... Yeah, I mean, it really is that easy, though, isn't it? I mean, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. No one can say... I did the right things and you didn't. It's right. all by grace. Yeah. And it is that easy. It is. Wow, that's a great message. Yeah. Well, it's that and it's that simple. It's it's not easy when we think about what what God did and what he gave for it, but it is yeah. that simple for sure. And mm. so it's I just think that when when we think that we can somehow add something to what Jesus has already done for us, you're, you're on the wrong track, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I was on the wrong track for a long time. I was working my way to heaven, and just the hole was getting deeper and deeper. And you don't need to. And, and I don't there need you go. to. Yeah. There you go. So. Oh, good. Hmm. Yeah, so I guess in conclusion, I'll just say that, um, you know, maybe there's, someone out there that has the same questions that I had, whether they're still at Followers or uh, at another church like it. Um, But maybe their church traditions aren't really lining up with what they're seeing in the Bible or even in the songs that they sing at church like like it did for me. But the good news is that if you've added something to the gospel for your entire life like I did, um, you can... You can just stop doing that. You can re- <laughs> you can repent and um, and then the you know the third verse of of that song whosoever will may come it just says whosoever will the promise is secure whosoever will forever must endure whosoever will tis life forevermore whosoever will may come. Well, that's and, that's a great that's a great word and the thing is you, people. Whosoever will may come because the work is done by someone else. In other words, if, if, I've, got to, if I've got to get an A on a test, yeah. not everybody can get an A on a test. Yeah. Whosoever will may not get an A on a test. Yeah. But if, if Jesus has already passed the test and I trust in him, yeah. whosoever trusts in him can tag along with him. Yeah. You know, come. it's interesting. I just thought of when, when we say that it can't be that easy. I, I think of a couple things. The, the idea of it does seem too simple. It, it just does, because we work for everything in this life. Mm-hmm. We, 
if you want a paycheck, you go to work. If you want to get good grades, you study harder. You know, mm -hmm. we just do that. But I, it just struck me. I, I just was talking to a guy that recently left followers, and I asked him just where, where are you spiritually? And he said, well, I, I believe that Jesus died for my sins, but I haven't lived a good enough life to know him yet. And so I just think that we overcomplicate it so much that mm. um, we think that we somehow have to clean ourselves up to present ourselves to Jesus, to mm. come and ask for forgiveness and mercy. And the truth is he's, he's given it already and he's just, he's just waiting. All we have to do is repent and he's just waiting to give it. And the point of coming is to get cleaned up. Mm -hmm. You know, if we yeah. confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us yeah. from all unrighteousness. Yeah. And that's, uh, he'll take care of that. Yeah. So you can come, whosoever yeah. will. All right. Well, I appreciate you joining me today. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. It's my privilege. All right. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.